In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. What a joy today is to be able to walk through this powerful book of Romans with you. My name is Mark Danzi, and I'm the host of today's 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. And in the past few weeks, we've been looking at an overview of Romans, and we studied verses 1 and verses 2. We studied what it meant to be surrendered to God, what it meant to be separate from the world. And today we're going to be focusing on verses 3 through 8 and what we call a sober self-assessment. Now let me read this passage of Scripture to us. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, go ahead and look there with us. I'll be reading out of the NIV. Uh, Paul is, is encouraging us this way. Verse 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This is such an amazing part of Scripture for the young new Christian all the way to the seasoned old mature veteran disciple maker because it really is focusing on this sober self-assessment. Now, when I mention the word sober, uh, you might have all kinds of connotations that come up for you. <laughs> but what Paul's saying here is to just be very clear-minded, be accurate in your thinking. When it comes to monitoring, judging how you're living in this world, how you're representing Christ to this world, don't deceive yourself. Be clear. Judge yourself accurately. Because in this passage is some profound truth that I really want to get to for us today. One of my favorite um, theologians, authors of, 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 of old is a man named A.W. Tozer, if you've ever gotten to read any of his. And there's a quote that, that he's given that I can't shake, actually. It's something I think about all the time. He said, the, greatest, the two greatest days in a person's life are the days they were born and then the day they figured out why they were born. I think Paul in Romans chapter 12 answers that second question. Why were we born? Why are we here? What is God's purpose for us? And he lays out in vivid detail what his purpose for us is concerning how to live in the body of Christ. And so the church uh, really needs to be addressing the questions that the world has. If the church is going to remain relevant, if the church is going to remain uh, sought after in this world, we've got to start or continue addressing the real needs of people, the real concerns, the real fears and challenges, because every fear or challenge that a man or woman can face in this world or in this life is found in Scripture. And these are the things that we need to be really focused on. And Paul does this beautifully in Romans 
chapter 12, specifically verses 3 through 8. And so we're going to be unpacking today three of life's toughest questions. And the first question that I think is, uh, that is before us is, who am I? This is a question of identity. And uh, in verse 3, Paul is commanding us to think accurately about ourselves, Not too high. In other words, that could lead to pride. Uh, and not too low, because that could lead to an inferiority complex. So in verse 3, he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. In other words, God has given me grace here to speak into your life, and I want to say it to you in a way that's clear and impactful, but also gracious. So he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. I like that. Not just some of you. He doesn't say this to, you know, those who are in uh ordained ministry or those who are leaders of companies. or He says, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. In other words, this passage of Scripture, all Scripture really, speaks to the life of every human being on the planet. And that's you. This is how God speaks to us today. It's one of the ways, one of the main ways, is through the Bible, through Scripture. If we're complaining that God's not speaking it's probably because we're not listening. And one of the ways that we can listen more is to get into the Scriptures more. And so he says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. God said, God has given us faith, and Jesus said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And you don't even need a bulldozer. It's that faith alone that can do it. And so the tiniest little bit of faith, even that has been given to us by God, gives us an accurate picture of who we are. Friends, you are a child of God. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus into your life, the creator of the universe is your father. The judge of all creation is your dad. And you are complete in Christ. That's who you are. Now, that's not to boast, of course. That's to praise. That's to give God glory for inviting us as orphans into his family. So the question that many people are asking today is, who am I? And as you know, they're looking to everything, fashion, money, sex, everything, to create this image that they want to portray to the world. And the real reason is, is because they just don't know who they are. I think about that oftentimes in the work that I do in counseling and coaching with people uh, when they're messing up their life, when they're making decisions that are just so plain to see on the outside that are so wrong, but on the inside of them, it feels like it's right. Have you ever seen somebody doing that? I just always try to think to myself, you know, they just don't know who they are in Christ. And that's really what the question is I think everybody's asking in verse 3 here answers that. The second question of life that's a tough question is, where do I belong? Uh, There's a great work by John O'Donohue that I I read. I actually listened to it on an audible. I got his entire work. It was like 28 hours. Um, And he is called Longing and Belonging. And he was a Celtic um, priest, actually, who a Gaelic priest who um, was a philosopher as well. And he spoke a lot about this belonging concept that all of us have. Deep within us, more than anything else, we just want to know if we belong. And if we do, where do we belong? 
This is kind of what's encompassed when people are asking, God, what's your plan for my life? Is where do I belong? And this really speaks to the issue that we have of security. You belong in the body of Christ because you have a purpose. That's what verses 4 through 5 are saying. Where do you belong? Listen to verse 4 and 5. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. My friend, you belong in the body of Christ. You matter. You have a part to play, and it's important. Every part of our body is important, and every part of the body of Christ is important. So the issues that are addressed in this passage are, number one, who am I? It's about our identity. Number two is, where do I belong? And this is about our security. And as you know, so many people in this world are looking for security. Some people think if I have just enough in my bank account, then I'll be secure, and they never really feel that way. Or if I could just get to this corner office, or if I could just get my kids to this place, then I'll just automatically feel secure. And they never really do. Because security is found in the body of Christ and playing that role, that part that God has ordained or prepared for us to play. The third question that I believe most all people ask is, what am I supposed to do? What is God really calling me to do? And this speaks to the issue of significance. So verses 6 through 8, if we read those, say, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesied, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Verse, verses 6 through 8 really speak... I mean, really speak in a crystal clear and profound way, as you read them this way, to our significance. Every part of the body of Christ is important, is significant, and that is you. And so what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do what God's called me to do, what God has uh, gifted me to do. But it's important for me to figure out what that gifting is. And we don't do that in a vacuum, of course. There's all kinds of ways. Matter of fact, on the 419 uh, disciplemakers.org website, there is a place assessment that you can take that helps you identify your personality, your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your passions, and your experiences, which really then begin to sharpen our focus on what has God called me to do. And I can tell you this, that beyond just the spiritual gifts that we see listed here, God has called all of us to be a disciple maker in some way or shape, form, or fashion. It's just God's will for our life. And when you hang around people who are disciple makers, it's interesting. They talk differently than people who aren't. People who aren't are always asking that question. I wonder what God's will for my life is. I wonder what God's calling me to do. Disciple makers don't spend a lot of time asking those questions. It's more, who am I supposed to be working with? When do we get started? Where should we go? It's not what. Um, it's just different. And so I'm so glad that you're here because you are part of a community of folks who just talk different. <laughs> they just think different because we are laser focused on fulfilling the Great Commission in our life. And so when we really start discovering and deploying our spiritual gifts, 
we rise to a new level of satisfaction in life and in ministry and effectiveness too. And that's what this passage is telling us. That's what this portion of Scripture is really encouraging us, is to realize you do matter. Now find your place and get busy. Roll up your sleeves and let's, let's get to work. And so this issue of significance is found when we're living in obedience to what God has called us to do. Now, when it comes to your spiritual gifts, um, I want you to think about a few other passages of Scripture as well. Number one is Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14. And this Scripture tells us that God created you to be completely unique. You know, it's amazing when you think about the uniqueness of all human beings. We have, um, every one of us, Every person listening to this podcast and beyond has a different fingerprint. Think about that. How in the world is something as, as insignificant as a fingerprint or a thumbprint supposed to speak to, to us when it comes to significance? Because there's not another person in the world exactly like you. And this world needs what you have to offer. You, God created you to be completely unique. And you are eternally valuable. Listen to Psalm 139. Verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You know, if you think about this verse and you think about the absolute gift and preciousness of life and how God created us in our mother's wombs, formed us, and also has a dream for our life, and that dream is going to be unique. Your life is not going to turn out exactly like anybody else. And that's an amazing and beautiful thing to think about. The second thing, uh, beyond the first is God created you to be completely unique. Psalm 139. Secondly, God placed you in his family. You're unconditionally accepted. Did you hear that? You are unconditionally accepted in the family of God. <laughs> The day that you bowed your knee and said, Jesus is, is my Savior, and my, you were brought into the family of God, and it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. You, my friend, are unconditionally accepted. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 and 21. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You, my friend, are unconditionally accepted into the body of Christ. And thirdly, God gave you certain gifts to fulfill his purposes. You are uniquely significant. I want you to hear these three key words. You are valuable, you're accepted, and you're significant. Ephesians 2, 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know the word handiwork there in Ephesians 2, 10 is the Greek word poiema, and it really means masterpiece. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get up at 6 a.m. and look in the mirror, Usually the first thing I don't think is, wow, what a masterpiece. <laughs> but Scripture says that I am. 
Now, I'm given a choice every day. I can think what I think, or I can think what God thinks. And if I'm thinking what God thinks, I need to be looking in this mirror and say, wow, what a masterpiece. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you to do that. I'm going to challenge you to do that every morning. Get up, look in the mirror. Think of Ephesians 2.10. For for you are God's masterpiece, God's poema, and you're uniquely significant. So the key of this section of passage is to is to learn who God has made you to be. Now, you're eternally valuable, you're unconditionally accepted, and you're uniquely significant. If you're writing in the margins of your Bible, some think that's blasphemy, I don't. Go ahead and write that in there, because it's true. This is what Paul would want us to know in this great section of the Bible, Romans chapter 12. Now, how would life be different if you really thought this way? If you really were able to roll up your sleeves and to answer those three major questions of life, who am I? I'm a child of God. Where do I belong? I belong in the body of Christ. And what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to live out my spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. My friends, I hope that you can go uh, take this to heart, study this passage of Scripture and all that comes with it. Uh, Next time we gather, we're going to be looking beyond at the next Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this today. If you're looking for more resources, please visit 419disciplemakers.org. Recommend this podcast to others and um, continue to join us as we uh, continue to learn how to live out the Great Commission as a lifestyle. May God richly, richly bless you. And let me leave you with this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we will ask or think or imagine, according to his power that it is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 